I love you so much that the sky makes me think I wish there were more Tracy. <laughs> Tracy, I love you so much that your face reminds me of everything I ever want to see forever. When I think of how you sit near me, I want you to sit closer all the time. When you're not in the room with me, I wish that you would come somewhere where I was. <laughs> So we'll expand. Hi, Tracy. Hi again. It's Tracy and Josh, everybody. Hi, Josh. Hi, Tracy. Hi. So we were talking about the challenges and the lovely things about um, generally, you know, the general part of midlife relationships and the specific in terms of our specific relationship. Um, <sighs> All right, so, you know, for me, I identified this, the, the past, just the, the influence of my past, working that into this relationship is one of the most challenging parts for me. Um, and that, that's, that is broad. I mean, you were much more specific with some of the, the remnants, financial concerns with, with your ex that were there and we both agreed though more on just just enjoying how our relationship is kind of developing having a sense of gratitude for it recognizing it as being something not to be taken for granted um, I know so part of me makes me wants to have that be more well defined you know because I think that that's important, is to really identify what we enjoy. When I, remember in the beginning I said, you know, before dating I read some articles and all that. And, you know, I was going to say that, it, that more of the articles were kind of like what to watch out for kind of articles versus <laughs> how, how to what do What were you supposed to watch out for? Um... Like being too forward, or you know, profile photos that were um, maybe there was a lot of uh, drinking in them or something. If that's for me, that was I wish I had like because the party kind of thing wasn't my deal. So photos that represent something that really conflicts with your lifestyle. Um, not having photos say uh, or having photos that are 
much it. I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember so well. <laughs> well, what did you learn from your dating, your dating um, episodes, at like when you when you were dating? Because I remember mm-hmm. our first date was on a video date. Uh-huh. COVID safetyness, yeah. and we didn't click that very first one. Yeah, but but I had a sense that you were a very um, uh, thoughtful, intelligent person, and so I just said, okay, well, I don't think this is going to work. But why don't we just talk about why doesn't this stuff work? And we uh-huh. had a conversation about that. Yeah, and. And I still, by the end of it, I was like, well, okay. And then later on, as legend, as the le- the legend is to- now told, um, yeah. I saw you again on a different platform and didn't realize it was you. And I must have swiped on you that time uh-huh. and uh, or, or pinged you. And then we went on another date which we almost didn't do because I tried, I thought I wasn't going to be able to be there on time. So I tried to cancel and then I realized oh, I actually can get there. So then I uh-huh. said, if you're still up for it and you were, which was awesome. Yeah. And then we were well into our, um, third date before either of us was a hundred percent sure we were on a date. Right. Right. And so, so I, I bring that up kind of because, all of that seems funny now. <laughs> yeah. Well, here, here's what I think it does point to the fact that there's no predictable outcome. I mean, we had a conversation earlier that had to do with, we're talking about kids and families and um, like society's conditioning compared to our own choices that we make based on our values and how we learn things about life. So a lot of the the experts' opinions out there, I think, is always their opinions based on like a conglomeration of data versus, you know, like the insider view that we have for each other. So I think we're, we're constantly like taking information that we've learned from our own past experiences, you know, and then there's the kind of expert resources, stories we've heard from not necessarily personal, but just out there in the world, information. And then we've got like this moment to moment thing that's going on mm-hmm. between us. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm getting into that theoretical zone rather than being in the more communication thing with you though right now. I got to focus back in on you, Tracy. I'm focusing on you. You're a beautiful woman, Tracy. <laughs> You're so nice. You're so kind. I'm really glad you think I'm beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's probably trickery, but I'm glad you think I'm beautiful. Which one of us is doing trickery? Oh, I'm doing trickery. <laughs> I hope so, because I'm I... doing magic. Uh-huh. Hmm. Hmm. Um... I'm actually a thousand-year-old hag. <laughs> <laughs> and were your magic to fail, you would crumble into dust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do not remove the amulet hmm. or the ribbon from her neck. So you remove the ribbon and her head goes plump, plump, plump. Did you ever hear that? Ever get exposed to some of those original fairy tales? 
much less Disney-like. Um, but in any case... Well, I, I was trying to... You asked me what I learned from my dating experiences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I learned what... I learned that... This will sound weird. But I learned that it's easy to, to fall in love. And that heartbreak hurts no matter what. That's that's what I learned. Mm. Falling in love is easy. Mm. Um, um, but maintaining a relationship is not so easy, but it's enjoyable and worth it. And that um, separation was necessary and and it hurts. Those are the main things I feel like I learned from my relationships. Mm. Yeah, broken hearts are truly just one of the worst pains. Mm-hmm. It's just one of the most physically painful things. Mm. And it's not, there's no reliable treatment for it other than, I don't know, time and processing and dealing and it's really hard broken hearts suck yeah and it's it's truly not just a a romantic kind of event i mean it's the sort of thing that can i mean it can derail a career it can make a person's health go downhill i mean it's it's not just a sad story i mean they they frequently have real big life consequences Mm -hmm. so admittedly it is just plain old sad um people will psychologically as a result of a broken heart perhaps even change their relationship formation pattern their capacity mm-hmm. to make friendships can mm-hmm. be vastly inhibited you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean I however I mean ideally when it heals I mean I can say this that I've learned from my dating relationships with uh, the extent to which my heart has been broken is I've you know I learned how well I've learned that it's important not to have that feeling again but also that sometimes the heartbreak serves as a bit of a a lens on the past relationship so through my broken heart i can see more clearly how the process of falling in love and forming a relationship was not meant to be i mean it's a 2020 hindsight but it's a hindsight through that broken prism of what seemed to be a pure true heart. (laughs) Yeah. And it was for a while. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So there, there's an insight into that. Um, and I don't know, having had the heartbreak that I experienced with some relationships, not long ones, but in middle aged, I don't know how that would be, how, if that's any different from as if, if I was a young man and prior to getting married, if I'd had a, a couple of experience of heartbreak, I want to say that it would be the same thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that it would be the same experience, that having your heart broke as a middle-aged guy with a girlfriend for a few months or half a year, whatever, it's the same thing as a kid. Do you think heartbreak is mm-hmm. has no respect for one's age? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I think if, if, you, if you ever open your heart enough that it can be broken, yeah. you know, then that can be at any age. And I, and, but I'd say what sometimes happens is that if people 
have had a broken heart, they sometimes make a decision to never, ever let themselves feel that connection again. They just decide, nope, Mm. no one's ever getting in there again. Mm. And you do see that where people are so afraid Mm -hmm. of of repeating that pain that Mm. they don't expose themselves Mm -hmm. to that risk anymore. Hmm. And then, of course, they're limited in how close they can ever be yeah. to another person. Well, here's something interesting that I hadn't thought of about um, middle-aged relationships is if we have lived a relatively full life up till now, we have experienced heartbreak a few times, you know? And to open our hearts as middle-aged people having experienced um, half a lifetime of heartbreak is kind of a cool thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's resilience, right? It's mm-hmm. like a, a sense of the, the, the balance between, okay, I'll never get my heart broken again versus I'll never feel close again. You know, it's like, it's like I'll have to risk, the, risk a broken heart because being close with 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 a partner is worth more than the risk you yes. weigh it out hmm. this half hour is supposed to be us fleshing out that not supposed to well i had the idea that it would be um, us fleshing out the ideas of what's the primary things of what's most enjoyable and most challenging about well our relationships but at the same time having that be generalizable to middle-aged relationships in general. I think that is what we're talking about. Is it? Yeah, yeah. because we're talking about one of the things that makes it potentially challenging is yeah. a history of some broken hearts. Yeah. I think that's that's good. That's we that is definitely much more specific and accurate because that brings up right against the the main enjoying thing is that opening the heart in the midst of that fear of the heartbreak. Yeah. Know? So they're in the same package. I think yeah. the sense of mortality is so much more real to me now than it was 30 years ago. In the sense of, I'm aware that life is short. That I don't, that there's not much of it left. I didn't know that. You think about mortality, huh? Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't have, like, a sad feeling yeah. about it. I just have a, oh, yeah, that's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm aware of it. It's like, um, well, did, I've, I've when alluded did, when, to when that. When did that start? Mm. Is it just a gradual thing, or did you have Well, a... no, I've always, I've never been afraid of death. Yeah. And I think that most people... Not most people, but I think one of the things when people have a fear of death, it's the ultimate, for most people, it's probably just because it's the ultimate unknown or it's the sense of sometimes they have fear of what the afterlife would be for them or things like that. Um, I am not really that afraid of change typically, so that's not a thing. And then I don't have a punitive, I don't have a sense of a punitive afterlife. Um, plus I think I'm a pretty good egg generally. And if, even if there were a punitive afterlife, I'd probably get a pass on that. (laughs) But, um, um, did you just said you think you'd go to heaven? If there was, if there's a heaven, I would probably get in there. Yeah, I I think I would. I'm a pretty good egg. 
I mean, they're not perfect. Far from it. But, you know, I'd, I'd give me a pass. Yeah. I'd give me a pass. Hmm. So, um, but I don't really believe in that kind of a, an afterlife specifically. I don't think it's probably, that's not what I, inv- am, what I am, imagine there is. Let's say there was a, a heaven. Mm-hmm. Could you see yourself spending eternity with me in heaven if we like went to heaven together? That was my drink. Um, if it were like this sort of uh, um, analog sort of heaven that you get taught when you're a little kid, where there's like harps and clouds and angels, and you yeah. get to if you're really on the ball, you get to hang with yeah. God a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'd want we'd want to have a group of friends. I mean, it's just yeah. like, just you and me the whole time. We'd yeah. want to like yeah. have some get-togethers. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, I I'm afraid to ask the question of you. I first of all, I don't believe in that kind of analog sort of heaven, but uh-huh. but I think that's kind of a Easter bunny Santa Claus version of the afterlife, yeah. but but would you? I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm afraid to even ask that. Um, I think the, the way you answered it helps me to answer in the, the affirmative. Because it's, it's the, the right kind of heaven. Like, right now, um, the extent to which you provide a sense of joy and fulfillment in my life, if I could have that kind of sense of joy, enjoyment and fulfillment for eternity, I would want it. So, ergo, mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, mm-hmm. why not? Yeah. Right? Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, and I'm not saying it's all roses, too. Sometimes, you know, it is, it is difficult, you know. We, we have a good relationship. Um, but there are moments still where I think both of us... Um, experience stress and tension and feelings of the unknown you know mm-hmm. and have fears and insecurities mm-hmm. I know we both do I just, yeah you know we yeah. talked about it so that that's there but you know what that's I I roll that piece of things into being like the good side of things I kind of I don't see them as like necessary for a healthy relationship but I see those as like the kind of things that as our relationship grows they fall away with or are dealt with more gracefully you know over time Mm -hmm. so their presence insecurities doubts whatever their presence is what i see as just offered their opportunities for us to resolve or move into a new place or re-encounter in another with another flavor later on or something well, yeah, but and I and I haven't. Um, I mean, there's been a couple little things over the course of half a year now that, but but there, nothing was ever a big, big, big deal. No big deals. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's been things where like okay, but then we like processed it, and I mean, we mm-hmm. both I think shed a tear or two once or twice over the last six months over some frustration early on or some negotiation of things. Mm-hmm. 
But it was, but it wasn't, but there was a space of, um, it wasn't a space of, it was a space of, oh, okay, this is a big deal, so let's process it. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like, nobody's stomped around, that's for dang sure. Like, neither mm-hmm. of us have been, like, stomping around about anything ever. Hmm. Do you think that um, in middle age that people in relationships have don't take this the wrong way but lower expectations of each other (laughs) don't take this in the wrong way which is always the thing that someone says right before you should brace yourself that's like a signal okay all right buckle up um well um in the sense that we we understand the failings of humanity a little more in that sense hmm. you know we're we're less we don't put our loved ones on the the pedestal that we might when as i'm trying to think of some distinctions between the love amongst the young and the love amidst the the older folks i just i've been reading this you know young adult novel where these two teenagers in love it's there you know one has cancer loses his eye the girlfriend dumps the kid because she doesn't want a blind boyfriend you know loses both eyes becomes blind sad stuff right and they had just been saying we'll be in love forever for always we're perfect together and then you know the next chapter she dumps him sad right um that that um that brings up an important point of like if you lose your eyes i'm not i'm just kidding (laughs) 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 that's no that is mean and sad and and um, and that is a book that you are reading because your daughter's reading it, and you two mm-hmm. are going to discuss it. And I think that is so sweet. And mm-hmm. and but yeah, the fault in our stars would be a hard thing for a grown person of either gender to be able to read without wanting to um, get a shot of insulin. I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get a di- going to a diabetic coma mm-hmm. from all the sweetness but but it's a but but I think it's so cool that that you're doing that um as far as lower expectations um more forgiving I guess might be better better word well you know even maybe I idealize maybe yeah. if this may be an idealized narrative about that I have but Truthfully, I think that I have been in the course of my relationships in my lifetime with with the notable exception of that first relationship um, overly forgiving Mm -hmm. to the point of allowing all sorts of things and that was and that was just and that was just my um a sense that I was, I had for a long time of that I, because I knew, because I know I'm not perfect, I felt like mm-hmm. that gave everyone a free pass to be as awful as they wanted. <laughs> hmm. But, um, so I had, I think, some relationships where I, 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 uh, just didn't allow myself to have expectations yeah. and sort of made, just felt was carrying this a a ridiculous Mm -hmm. thing like well because i'm not perfect then i'm not allowed to have 
expectations in a way. And I think I think I had really healed that mm-hmm. quite a while ago. And so by the time I, so I, I think I knew what I care about and it probably mm-hmm. wasn't the same things that I what mm-hmm. might have cared about in the past. I don't know. But um, also I think that there would have been times in my life when I would not have allowed myself to be with someone who treats me as well as you do. So I feel like that's a, a sign of maturity for mm-hmm. myself that I can allow myself to be in a relationship uh-huh. with someone who is as kind uh-huh. and caring and considerate as you are. Did you occasionally get drawn towards bad boys? Not really. I would not say I would not say that I did. If if I ever was attracted to bad boys, it was always under the pretense that they weren't they were ex bad boys. Uh-huh they were bad boys in recovery and Uh and often that isn't the case as much as Uh, you know what I mean so um or there or it's all or it's on a spectrum of bad boyness you know Uh so um no I I'd say I'm a I'm kind of I'm a good girl kind of a person I mean you know what I mean like I'm kind of a um following rules yeah I can be a little rulesy about certain things some things no but some things, yeah, I can be pretty rulesy, as I like to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 I but I think I um, I don't automatically follow things just because they're the rule. But if I think the rule mm-hmm. has merit, mm-hmm. like don't steal or something like that, yeah then I'm very rulesy about it. Well, you know how I am uh-huh. even about your flower thing. That you... <laughs> Aww. We have to bring up the flowers. <laughs> hey, they made it into a previous episode too. They so. did. They did. But I mean, so, I mean, that's super rulesy because, mm-hmm. you know, but I, so I can be pretty, but if, but if there's like a rule that is anti-humanitarian in some way, mm-hmm then I wouldn't endorse it just because it's a rule. But it, yeah. but if there's a rule that I endorse, then I'm pretty rulesy about it. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, but then like the death penalty is legal in a lot of states. Mm-hmm. I am against the death penalty. Mm-hmm. I think it's ridiculous. I am also against the death penalty. So, so just because it's, so it's like, so, I'm, so it's like I would... If um, if I was murdered or something, mm-hmm. and my family wanted to get justice by that person getting the death penalty, I would be a hundred percent against it. In fact, I've thought of you know might I might someday want to write it up, but now it's recorded. Like in honor in you know that the death if I were ever murdered or something that I would expect that the death penalty would not be pursued like that would be a dishonor to me if Mm. the death penalty were pursued so you can see like so I'm still rulesy but I'm rulesy about an ethic Mm -hmm. I'm not rulesy about because the man said that's the rule you know Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah but but beyond that I'm rulesy and so I wasn't really necessarily attracted to I definitely haven't ever been attracted to anybody who I felt like 
um, was active in unethical or, you know, those kinds of behaviors, um, or at least if I were attracted to some aspects of that person, that those unethical behaviors or those antisocial behaviors mm -hmm. would be something that I would find gross. Mm -hmm. So that can be kind of complicated too. Yeah. What are you thinking about? Um, I'm just thinking about like ethical behavior in relationships. Um, not like from the standpoint of cheating on people. I mean, yeah, that's that's part of it. But that wasn't what I was thinking. It's like, like how, how in our like relationship with each other are we ethical? Like, where where does ethics come into play mm, for mm -hmm. for you and I? Mm, for you and yeah, me, yeah. You know, check the check check our time. Okay, so yeah, so I think that's a really good good question, um, and it's harder because the closer you get to someone, I have a pretty strict ethic in general that I operate with, like professionally and mm -hmm. in almost all settings, um, as far as respecting the sovereignty of the other person's choices, yeah. not trying to make them be different than they are, um, mm -hmm. if in the course of my career, in my professional role, if someone states to me a goal, then I help them figure out how to get that goal, but I mm -hmm. do my best not to create goals for people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't say, oh, this is what you should do, right? I say, what do you want yeah. to do? Oh, okay, what's in your way? And then yeah. we work from there. So in that setting, it's very clear. I would say I have to, what, the more that I care about someone, the more I, I have to remind myself, nope, nope, that's not mine, that's not mine, that's not my business. Mm -hmm. And um, so then I'm always, then I'm questioning like, about, well, yeah, I don't know, does that make sense? It's just harder because it starts, the more you're close with someone, the more mm -hmm. it, the boundary becomes fuzzier. It shouldn't, it doesn't, it shouldn't, mm -hmm. ideally. But it, it tends to, mm -hmm. I think, because we more identify with the person. Yeah, because something, something in my mind, like how to blend a sense of ethics with joy, you know, because ethics are so important for harmonious living and for things not to get destructive. Okay, so, so let's talk about, let's go on to the next section and we'll talk about ethics and in relationship because honestly I think that's juicy yeah let's go ahead and, and go to the next section okay we'll return